Okay, welcome. Welcome to the Awakening Process 101. This is a podcast that's dedicated to exploring the subject of awakening in the context of our modern lives. My name is Pernilla Burke, and I am a writer, photographer, and the founder of Awakening 101, which is an online spiritual resource. And I'm here today with Louise Ewell, my best friend since I was four years old. She's a yoga teacher, a Buddhist. I'm here in Princeton, New Jersey, and she is in Copenhagen, Denmark. And today we are talking about what we're doing here. So our theme today is to just figure out what do we mean by the awakening process and what does awakening mean to us and what it means to some other spiritual leaders. And then it's an exploration, a conversation for us to understand better how to bring these things into our, our lives and to have awakening not be something foreign that can only happen to people like Eckhart Tolle and Ramana Maharshi. Uh, we are modern householders, moms. So how do we bring these concepts into our lives on an everyday basis? Wonderful. Thank you, Penela. Wonderful. So first, uh, if I can tap in there, I would like to say thank you, Penela, for doing this together with me. Um, I think it's an honor. When Penela showed me the website that she had made as a spiritual library, which is completely free, I was really surprised and amazed about all the know-how know-how and all the wisdom in that website. As Panila mentioned, this is the podcast of the awakening process and how we see it and how we can cultivate that and integrate it more in our lives. And so, what is a, what is an awakening process? Like what does that even yeah. mean? And maybe we um, should start there. Maybe we should start absolutely. with how how do you see I mean when you did the podcast, no, sorry, when you did the website, you mm -hmm. had an awakening moment because the, that website could not have been done without you being awake. So maybe mm -hmm. you want to start to tell us about your journey. How did you get to that point? Okay. That's a very big question. <laughs> yeah, but it is I, a big I, question. I, th I think that will, help yeah. us, that will help us to uh, maybe understand, but also to, to understand our own way of what is awakening for who's listening. Yeah. The awakening process is something that I, like the words awakening process, like the process of awakening is something that I, in the process of writing about my own journey, came up with as a, as a, when I look back at my life and I was like, well, it's a process. It started with these moments and then it's, it's shifted into more than moments at some point, especially when I started meditating regularly. Uh, for more than you know an hour a day then then it wasn't more it was more like longer times throughout the day where I could feel what I believe is an an awakened state. The awakening process is that you know we we begin somewhere in life and we have moments where we discover things so for me, that moment was for example, our confirmation camp that we went to when we were 13, 14, and they talked about Christianity, but we didn't really, it wasn't really, we were in Sweden and we didn't really listen. But we, we remember, Louise and I both remember the energy of that camp. Like there was, the teacher we had was profound. And so we remember what it felt like to be there. So that was like a moment in time where 
we felt that something is different than just this life that I have where I go to school, I eat dinner, I'm kind of unhappy and anxious all the time. I don't really know why we're here. We just go through the day and eat dinner, go to bed, watch TV. That's what we do. Like, why, why are we doing this? And, you know, moments like that early in life. And then as I got into my later teens and my 20s, where, where my, my story is that I went the other way. You know, I became like a raging party girl, did drugs and all this crazy stuff. And it's sort of like my awakening process took me in the other direction. And it does that. Some people talk about that, that they sort of have like the dark days before they have the, the light days. And then when recovery started and I started yoga, the process of awakening really started happening. You know, I would have moments. I would start reading books about spirituality. I started understanding that, wait, once something's not, this is like type of car I have and the type of job I have is not what life is about. Uh, that's not our purpose here. So then part of the process, part of my awakening process was that I met Sally Kempton when I was uh, in 2003. And me meeting her was the, the sort of the, the, the doorway into a next level of awakening for me because she introduced meditation and she introduced it in a way that I could, me, this sort of like, you know, trying to be cool party girl could accept that this is actually something that I want because meditation for her was about finding that inner, inner state of love that is within us. And that's something that I could connect with. So throughout the last 20 years of, of knowing her, and unfortunately she passed away this summer, but it's been an awakening process through meditation, through yoga through life events too. So that's the other part of this. You know, an awakening process is, is not that everything's easy. You know, we go through life and then we start meditating and everything's fine. It's basically along with all this opening stuff, life events, the hard ones is what open us up even more, right? So for, for me and Louise, it was both addiction and recovery We've had like life traumas throughout the years, like children being sick or my husband had a stroke or whatever it is that force you to really dig deep in order to find the meaning or the purpose or why is this happening to me? And each event pushes us further, or at least it did for me, into how can I create presence, connection? How can I trust in something beyond us? And how can I? Like Louise says, how can I create value from these obstacles in life? I think that that's a description of awakening yeah. process. What do you have to add there, Louise? No, I agree with you. And, and um, I just had some questions about what you said, but you did mention it a little bit. But you're referring to those moments and you did example of some of the moments. But for example, our confirmation camp. I, I I need to do this. It doesn't get too complicated. <laughs> no, but the awakening process for me, it's to wake up to what is in the present moment. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I like it or don't like it. it doesn't mean that, as you said, I'm coming on a pink cloud and, and life becomes perfect. Definitely not. When we're waking up, mm -hmm. we open up for more possibilities and we mm -hmm. open up our awareness to what is in the present moment. When you refer to those moments, 
for example, the confirmation camp and the universe of spirituality taking us to the other side to then come back and awake even more. But you were not aware of that um, mm-hmm. moment in the in the confirmation time. That's what I'm trying to ask you about. Yeah. 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 That's something that you realized afterwards. Afterwards, yes. Mm. So I think that the, the, you know, if we define what awakening means, which I think that just as a, as a, like a precursor there, like, I don't think that anybody really could say awakening is this. Awakening means a different thing for everybody. It depends on who you are. I looked up the, the definition. Uh, I think it, I think it might have been like some dictionary online. It says here, awakening is coming into existence of awareness. Mm. Wonderful. And f- for me, it is an ability to understand that when I shift into a, this moment of presence or the state of presence, I no longer am attached to the things that I thought mattered. Instead, it's just like an increased state of awareness and presence and connection to myself, connection to the world around me. So when you find a place where you are not caught into your, caught and attached to your thoughts or to the everyday going on of your life, you end up in this, this state of awareness and presence. And the only time when I, I was able to have this awareness on the things that happened earlier in life is when I looked back, right? Like I was, when I was creating the website and writing all my blogs, I was like, oh, you know, this thing in confirmation camp, like I didn't have awareness on that then, but I have awareness on it now. And that's often how it goes, right? When we look back. And I think that this is one of our questions today is the practice you think about that right now. It's like, what could be some of the moments in your life that were those moments where something felt different? You had a moment where you felt present and you felt a deeper sense of love, unconditional sense of love to the things around you, maybe even like trees, you know? What are those moments that we might have had even in our teenage years? Or for me, like when we were, I was younger and was spending time at the barn where I felt like completely nurtured. But again, the awareness aspect, I think it's like, I guess it's like, it's almost like they work together in an equation. The greater your awareness, the greater your ability for awakeness, because you, you can actually have a moment where you pause and you, you look upon yourself and go, wait a minute, I'm present now. I feel connected now. Whereas before it might've happened and you didn't. There was no sort of like second thought on it. There was no witness mind observing that state for you, even though you might have had that. Does that make any sense? Am I making any sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're making sense. I mean, I think we on a, I mean, it's interesting because I just had, um, had a yoga class this morning that I was teaching mm-hmm. and we actually talked about Eckhart Tolle and mm-hmm. one of the students had never heard about Eckhart Tolle and mm-hmm. she's very, I mean, she knows a lot of things, but she never heard of Eckhart Tolle. And the other person, uh, she knows Eckhart Tolle. And we start talking about his book, The Power of Now. And mm-hmm. then 
we we came and we start talking also about the process to become more awake. And you mentioned it in the in the beginning of the podcast that awakening is different for each one of us. And I think mm-hmm. there is also different layers of awakeness. Yes, you know, yeah, that, that, exactly. That, different you know, different levels. Yeah, yeah, and that's and 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 that can resonate to why you call it the the, the process of awakening one on one because mm-hmm. you know we can read the same text over and over again, and if you jump back, like you read a text ten years ago, and and you read that mm-hmm. text today. The circumstances and the experience you have done uh, and created through life brings you on another awareness. So you will not read mm-hmm. the same text, and it, 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 you will read the same text, but it will, de- it will mean a different thing. I think it's important to just know that everyone has their own journey, so we can be on completely yeah. different levels. And I think we didn't have any contact for many years when we were doing. I mean, in the early recovery and stuff like that, but. What I'm saying now, we are on the same path and we speak the same language because we are pretty much on the same level of awareness. So mm-hmm. people who's listening to this, I mean, take whatever is in there for you mm-hmm. and, and keep on listening because you can listen to the same podcast over and over again and you will feel like, oh, I didn't hear her saying this, but next time you hear something different. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's I mean, also a way of, of becoming, of, of training your awareness and becoming mm-hmm. aware of, oh, I actually did some progress. Now this is, it's, the, 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 it's falling down into my heart in a different way today mm-hmm. than it did yesterday. Yeah I, mean, yeah. I mean, I think about that, like uh, I'm side sidestepping now, but my, my practice of meditation uh, that I've been doing for about 20 years and for years, and, and Sally Kempton talks about this in her book, for years, I would fall asleep in my mm. meditation practice. You know, I'd be sitting and then be like, and then now I, I don't, but it's a process. So mm. I was not aware. I couldn't stay conscious enough. Slowing down my my mind chatter like literally put me to sleep because I wasn't used to like not having my mind go crazy all the time. So it's, and that's what we're talking about. It's like, it's like always a journey. Like I got, went back to the same practice year after year after year, and it has a, a process in itself, right? Mm. It's, it's a different story now than it was 10 years ago when I was like snoring through my, my hour of meditation. <laughs> it's, I still loved it, but, but I want to go back to what yeah, you said and you about. Stayed, and you stay to it. You stick okay. to it. Yeah, that's, yeah. And I guess that's a part of this. We talk about awakening process. It's like, I believe, I really believe, and I think that you'll agree with this, Louise, is that like, for some people, this awakening process or moments of awakening that happen to us throughout life are little doorways into greater awareness where, where it's not, we can't really turn back. Like people don't, go to India, I believe, you know, people don't go to yoga and then go back to where they were before they started yoga. You don't quit smoking, go to yoga and then go back to smoking. You know, it, it's all, it's a doorway towards greater awareness, connection, presence, love, and truth. And these doorways are, there is, like I always say, there is no turning back. 
And that's why the same thing with meditation. I feel like for me, I always came back to it. I have times when I don't do it at all, you know, through the summer when the kids are off or whatever. But once you've had that seed planted, you want more. I mean, I hope that most of us want more. (laughs) Can I fill in with something there? I love when you say the seed planted because I think this is, this is where it starts. And I wish, you know, I hope that things were, is like you're saying that, that, you know, you can't go back. But I think that that seed is planted, but we don't know when it's ready to blossom. We don't know Mm -hmm. if this person in this lifetime is going to wake up or not. We can plant a seed Mm -hmm. with yoga. We can plant a seed with meditation. We can plant a seed with chanting, everything that we can plant a seed for bigger and deeper awareness, but we can't, we, we, I don't think that everybody has them, the capacity in this lifetime to go as deep as. Or the willingness. I don't or know. Or the willingness. This, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe they, and you said to me also one thing, maybe they can't. I think if you want to join this journey, you need to work on it. It doesn't come. Right. It's like if you if you no. if you want to run a marathon, you practice for the marathon. If you want yes. to be in the awakening process, but well, you need to work for the awakening process. Yeah. And there yeah. are tools for it. There are tools yeah. like yoga, meditation, uh, the nature. You have created yeah. some tools and, and elements, uh, the mandala on your website, which is excellent and very easy to access. And I think that that seed that we're talking about, if that is love, gratitude, forgiveness, whatever there is. But if you have a little bit of curiosity and you want to change, because this is about transformation. It's about Mm -hmm. the deeper transformation of becoming, in my eyes, truly happy with with the person you are, not depending Mm -hmm. on the money, the car, the house. Of course, it affects you. But Mm -hmm. you want to be able to just lean back and feel pretty good about being yourself. And I think that's the maybe one of the goals with awakening process to 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 get to that and and yeah, I mean that is the intention of this podcast, right? Mm. Why are we doing this? Well, because <laughs> we <laughs> you know we we had a journey we're we're still yeah. on a journey, <laughs> and part of our awakening process is to come together and try to share our experiences and what we've learned. So that we can plant seeds, hopefully plant seeds in your life or like spark insight into, okay, these are the things I might try for me to open that doorway. You know, I always think of the mandala on the website as like a roadmap, you know, because you can't explain awakening in like you do A and then we go to B and then we go to C, right? It doesn't work like that. It's like a spider web of events obstacles, spiritual awakening moments, and it all comes together. And then somehow you end up in in a place where you're like a little bit more aware, right? So the awakening mandala and the awakening process is to be a a roadmap, like where you can have like, oh, I'm going to try this or, oh, this thing I do and it works. And then you have a little bit more conscious awareness of yoga is that thing that actually opened me up. You know, and that's what I said before. I was like, well, 
just think about this right now. Like we're sitting here and you're listening to this podcast. Think about what some of those things that serves as a roadmap in your life might be. I just want to ask you, you said Mm -hmm. that yoga was your way. Can you bring us? I I meant, I I actually meant anybody. I was just making an example, but yoga was, yes, one of mine. It was one of yours, but that's what I'm interested too. Because I also think that if you really start the journey of yoga, your your life change and and of course, and, yeah. and and as a yoga teacher i see people get very very involved and i can see mm-hmm. uh, uh the ones who i'm educating in the yoga uh, teacher training i can mm-hmm. see the ones who are there for their own personal journey i can see the ones that wants to be the instagram yogis i call them mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and i can and i can see who wants to be the yoga teacher that performs and maybe not see their students I mean, there are all different kinds of reasons why to start with yoga. But one thing which is common with all this, and even if you become a teacher or not, is that yoga brings you into your true self. And a lot mm-hmm. of people start with yoga, think it's wonderful, and they come and they're not coming once a week, they're coming five times a week, and they can't do enough of yoga. They think it's great. But then when you come a little bit too close to yourself, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, maybe I should stop with yoga and go back to CrossFit. Because you yeah, get a little yeah. bit too close. Because yeah. yoga is a philosophy. Yoga is not just the asanas, the practice. It's mm-hmm. everything that comes with Patanjali's eight limbs, if we want to take mm-hmm. his philosophy into mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to ask you, Panela. you said that yoga, how did it feel? Like when, you, when, you, when, when the yoga was one of the door openers for you? Mm-hmm. How was I it? think yoga is such a yoga is such a good example of an, a, the, a tool on the awakening process because it's something we can do, right? Mm-hmm. We, we need we need actions as human mm-hmm. beings. We're like, don't make me sit quietly. That's very very awful and scary. But yoga is like something we we can move our bodies and connect with our breath, and then have a connection to ourselves because we're in our body while we're doing it that sort of shifts our awareness and our perspective and for me it was uh early on i had like a year sober when i started going to uh this place city yoga on fairfax in la i love, I love yeah it was the, the greatest and my teacher naeem he he's one of my first yoga teacher he he had us lay down in Shavasana at the end. And that, that was like the first moment I was like, <sighs> and that was almost like the pl- the seed that needed to be planted for me to continue because I felt something. And I didn't really, again, I had no awareness on this. I just felt something in my subconscious and I'm going back tomorrow. And I was exactly what you said. I did the five days a week for a long time. You know, I would get up at six o'clock in the morning and make a pot of coffee and like drive to Fairfax in the dark to go to my yoga studio. Uh, But it was, it changed my life. I mean, and then it slowed down because it's hard to sustain five days a week of yoga practice if you have a life. But I think that what you're, what you're talking about is this sort of like you get to a wall a little bit Mm. where you, you, some people will back off, you know, Mm. it it, it just happens and, and hopefully they'll find it again. But it's like, I was thinking about this actually, because I was, I've been doing this three week deep meditation and a breakthrough program um, the last month. And so we meditate like two hours a day 
and again, it's like early in the morning and I, I, I find time, you know, I have no social life, so it's not that hard, <laughs> but, but, you know, at the end of those three weeks, and I'm just giving you a mi microcosm of what, what it's like, right? You've gone so deep that I just want to watch Netflix. You know, I just want to watch Netflix because it's, I, I need a break from my yeah. inner self. Mm. Um, so, you know, so, some people maybe, but the, again, the, if the seed has been planted, hopefully it'll stay there with you and you, mm. you go to CrossFit for a few years and then you come back. And then you come back. Exactly. Yeah. Or you might join so, another, I mean, you might, I mean, progress the journey in a different way. You know, some people. Yeah. Maybe it's all of a sudden you become like a hiker and you. Yeah. Climb, climb mountains and that's what you do instead of yoga you know mm -hmm. who knows but it, it's not a it's not a straight road it's a winding road very good point, and, i think yeah and you know you could argue that the the backing off and going to crossfit or backing off and do the netflix is what you need in order to reflect on what's happening to you mm. you know like stepping back mm. and going okay what's going on mm. um, and looking at it from a different perspective. Mm. So again, it's all a part of the process. Okay, so I would like to tell you a little bit about my awakening uh, moments, good and bad, but always in the end good because it gives you another experience and you're becoming aware and you learn from it, right? I think mm -hmm. the worst thing is when you do things in life and you don't learn from it. You know, like when mm -hmm. you just, you're so, you're so much in a hurry and not awake and you just, go through life and you don't stop up and reflect and sometimes I actually ask my children when they have something challenging I said so what did you learn from that and I was like huh? I said, well, yeah, how how early do you ask them but I can That's ask Holly she's 11 I asked mm -hmm. the boys they're 14 and 16 no I'm not I'm asking old. that I'm saying how early after the event do you ask them Oh, it depends what kind of event it is. Okay. I mean, yeah. if it's if it's you know, and also I can't I can't ask that to end all the events. You know, the it depends how no. vulnerable it is. If it's too yeah. vulnerable, I can't really you know. Then it can go weeks, and then it comes up in another yeah. in exactly. another shape. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. um, I mean, for my for, for me, the, the 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 awakening moments in life that really meant something for me, I would say that the confirmation camp was. There was one thing, and I want to mention. So I think I was quite aware at that moment. I was so nervous when we were supposed to go into the church. And the priest told us or told me, Louise, don't be nervous. You should just breathe in the spirit. God is the spirit. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I felt completely calm. So that mm -hmm. was one that, had, that I took with me for many, 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 many years so through the whole life. And then, of course, you know, becoming sober was another awakening moment mm -hmm. in life. And um, meeting the Buddhist practice is definitely um, yeah. a game changer. And, but that's also interesting. Now I've been practicing the Buddhist for over 20 years on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And even now, I wake up in different layers. I'm just like, mm -hmm. wow, why? You know, so we are, mm -hmm. I mean, it I never, think... Yeah. There's no destination. There's no destination. And no. I think it's important in this process to have completely blind faith that you are exactly where you're supposed to be. 
You can't force these things. You need to be mm -hmm. patient. You need to live them. You need to uh, be embody them because mm -hmm. that's when you that's when they become awake for you. So we can. We, I mean, I think for me, it's really that that's a huge difference because even if I read and read and read and read, if I don't practice it, so if I don't try it out to being curious about it, it doesn't really make any sense for me. No, I don't. I don't. I, yeah. Yeah. And I don't create yeah. my own experience about it, you know? So, so how, how is this the moment of awakening that you've had brought to you to this place right now in your life when you have a lot of going on? How are you, how has it helped you? Why do we even try this? Like, what, what is... Like, wh who cares? Like, somebody could say, you know, who cares about awakening? Why do we need that? But what, what, in your opinion, like, how are you changed in a way from your awakening process that you are meeting the challenges in your life in a different way? Oh, uh, but that's also a progress. I mean, I, yeah. I remember our friend Klaus, he wrote a book about me when living in Paris and when I read that book I was just an angry biatch um, yeah. you know and um, of course I'm not that angry today I would say that all the challenging we're meeting when you be, when I becoming aware I open up for choice I open mm -hmm. up for an awareness of how to meet that challenge how to how to respond yeah yeah how to respond to it how to how to what is my attitude towards that i'm not mm -hmm. saying that i'm i i'm so aware as i do that all the time but very yeah. often today after all these practice i becoming aware of when i wake up what's the attitude how can i meet this mm -hmm. how can i mm -hmm. stand strong in this how can i bring this back to myself and not blame it on everyone else i think that's mm -hmm. a big game changer in the whole awakening process because Mm -hmm. it's me waking up and it's me taking responsibility for my life and to change the things that maybe just blocked me for setting myself free or for opening my heart up or being more compassionate both about myself and others and not judging all mm -hmm. the time. So I, like right now I'm in this moment in life where I'm very challenging on all levels. I mean, all mm -hmm. levels. And of course, I would say if I didn't have my Buddhist practice, I, I don't know how I would hang in there. But that's my journey of awakening. So I, mm -hmm. so I becoming aware that I need to stand up every day and see what I can do to the best of my ability, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, it's a work. And I also wanted to say that I think that when you get into the awakening process, you're getting to a point where you don't really have of course, you always have an alternative, but it would not make me feel good to go back. You know, you open up a door of awareness that you feel, okay, you need to open up more windows. Yeah. Because you know that that's the, that's the journey <laughs> for you to change. Um, yeah, I mean, I relate a lot to what you're saying because it's like, it's like I was so angry for so long. And I used the F word literally five times in one sentence for years. I mean, that's how I was just the angriest always, you know, and then I look at now, I don't think my husband, my husband says that now he's like, I haven't seen you angry in like five years. You know, I just, 
you know, I'll get angry at like something like somebody's not nice in traffic, you know, that I'm like, why did he do that? But it's not like a, a, a blowing up, but it's not but the I, finger. I, no, no, never, you know, but I think about what it is that has changed. Hmm? And because there's so much awareness, mm-hmm. you know, meditation does this to people, you know, you have this witness mind that begins uh, and it sort of stays with you throughout the day, even when you're not meditating, you know, this presence, witness, mind, awareness. So it's like, I just, I think about like it, when things happen, it's basically you, 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 you know, if James and I have an argument, which we don't anymore, but, but I'm always in a place of, of non-reactivity, but because I take like, it's like, it's almost like there's no, there's no instinctual negative reaction left in me. I respond by with, with awareness. And usually it's like, it can be like a little bit of angry silence for a few minutes, (laughs) but, but that moment of silence, a moment of pause always gives me the ability, like you said, to choose. Mm And from my standpoint, like I, I have practiced the practice of surrender for so long now that I, and surrender is not that I give up, right? It's more like I surrender to the fact that he actually might be right right now. Or I surrender to the fact that I'm allowed to be angry in this Mm. moment. Mm. And I, I've also practiced for a long time, like how, how can I understand where the other person's coming from Mm. and that that practice has changed everything for me because then as soon as i can put awareness on understanding where the other person's coming from Mm. i can always enable compassion empathy Mm. and understanding because people are not like mean and rude and difficult for no reason it comes from something like Mm. a trigger or pain or Mm hunger and tiredness like whatever Mm. it is so having the choice to have like a window of pause before you react because i i lived on on instinct for so many years Mm. i mean it was like whenever something arrived i would like act on instinct Mm. usually in a negative way (laughs) (laughs) so it's just it's it's like you talk about awareness and and pause and making choices you know that's that's why we create a more peaceful world around us mm. because right so if we think about like why how are our lives improved and why how can this help other people it's like well just having a, a more sometimes i'm like am i bored is life boring now because it's so steady and it's not like things aren't happening but it's how i react to the things that are happening that are more peaceful and in that realm it like it's like life is is just humming along you know mm-hmm. i think you said one really important thing everyone want i mean we need peace and we don't want to mm-hmm. have a lot of arguments and by understanding where people are coming from you do cultivate more compassion and you're becoming more you, you understand and you know you can lift the perspective a little bit higher mm-hmm. up knowing mm-hmm. and it's not really your fault, it's an energy and, you know, what's triggering and stuff like that. But I think that the awareness, the process of awareness is important if we do want to change 
this world. And it starts with each one of us, you know. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. if I go around and say the F word and give the finger and I'm being angry like we both were, I mean, mm -hmm. and, and completely self-centered and... and uh, <laughs> yeah, but, there was yeah. nothing but me. It was, it was always about me. me. And the worst thing is that I didn't even think it was about me. I, you know, it's, that's how sensitive it was. So, 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 yeah. so, I mean, if we want to do something, we need to, we need to, we need to change and we need to practice. And, and yeah. I think one thing that's. And been, how do we change? Right. That's the question. Yeah. How is the, how do we change? And I think, I mean, and, and, and you and I, both of us, I think always had a very seeking spirit. Yeah. And I think when you have a seeking spirit, you know, the path is there. And then, of course, yeah. there are people that don't have the seeking spirit and they will yeah. not come into this podcast. But they won't listen to this podcast. No, exactly. Yeah. They will not come into this podcast. And, and a lot of people are in that state of life. They, will, they yeah. don't wake up and don't have the seeking spirit. But that means that's that, fine. And that's fine because yeah. that means that they can give us even more the willingness to practice and become because we know that maybe we can plant the seed one day or mm -hmm. so i think that the the beginning a tool that we can use to start questioning is just mm -hmm. asking yourself yeah. why am i doing this why am i reacting this way especially when you're in a relationship and you, mm -hmm. you start noticing that or with your with your parents or your siblings it's not it doesn't have to be a but then you can you can ask yourself like if you get triggered over and over and over again and it's the sort of same pattern like what is it within me that makes me so angry about this specific thing mm -hmm. and that question will shift how you adapt or how you mm -hmm. react because for me that's fascinating like if I react the same way to this one set thing that my husband does like over and over and over again, then I want to know why, mm. like, why am I like this? And I think that, but again, like if you're listening to this, you're, you're asking yourself those kind of questions already. So I guess I wanted I to, it. yeah, I just want like to sort of sum up cause I have to take my kids to school, but I had written down, we talked about, how we define awakening. And of course, you know, we can talk about that. And, Jay, and, and Louise and I, we'd really, we just said it from our perspective, you know, it's not how it is for everybody. Like everybody has a different a def definition of awakening. But I wrote down some quotes from other teachers that I, I find helpful. So first one is from this guy, his name is Herb. Kagan and I, I wrote this down like eight years ago, so I don't remember exactly where I got it from, but I keep a, a, a note in my phone with like quotes that I like, and I put them in there. And he, he says that spiritual awakening for him was like a dimmer switch mm. gradually turning on. Like, so first it's a little bit dark and then it gets a little lighter, a little lighter. And then he says at the very beginning of his journey, he said, I didn't know what I didn't know. So it's just, I love the, the, the idea of the dimmer switch. Mm, me too. So confirmation camp or, you know, the day we got sober, 
was a, a dimmer switch that was, mm. was was getting a little brighter, mm. you know. And then over the years, it gets brighter and brighter and brighter. Mm. And then um, going on, Eckhart Tolle says, I've, I've chosen quotes from all over the place. So it's not it's not just awakening is the realization of presence. Mm. Right. And I mean, if you think about it, he wrote The Power of Now. I think that book came out 20 years ago. I think it was 2003. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so too. I got and, it. And I just, I remember like reading it the first time. I'm like, what the, what is he talking about with the power of now? But of course now I'm like, yeah, I mm. mean, that's what it is, right? Mm. When we're completely present, mm. that is when we feel deeply connected. Mm. Our, awareness, our awareness is at its greatest mm. moment. And we're awake to what mm. is what is here right now, mm. right? And then... Ram Das says, suffering is grace and becomes functional for your awakening. Mm. So in this sentence, we're back to these obstacles that we talk about, like the suffering that we go through that that provides doorways into deeper spirituality, Mm. that suffering pushes us Mm. further into Mm our awakening process because we we you know we have to do something right mm. so i love how he said it becomes that suffering is grace and becomes functional wonderful for you for your awakening okay mm. and then we'll do the the last one and this is uh david hawkins uh, who is my he's my main man <laughs> he's your main man yeah <laughs> um he says in a completely surrendered state, free from resistance and ego, we merge with our souls and with the divine. I love it. So he's talking about the awakened state. He he wrote a book about surrender, which is uh, like, a, you know, a Bible for the practice of surrender. But basically, when we have no resistance to life, we flow with it. And we are in an awake state. Mm. So that's another thing that you can think about. <laughs> like, how the hell do we do that? So many goodies here. I love it. There's so many things that uh, we can nerd with. Little little seeds that we are trying mm. to plant mm. for you to have shift perspective. You shift your perspective on of what awakening could be for you. Mm in your life, in your own life. Wonderful. Thank you so much, everybody. That's all the time we had for today. I hope that our conversation has sparked some insight into your own awakening process and into your own awakening moments. I am Pernilla Burke here with my best friend, Louise Ewell, and you are listening to the Awakening Process 101. We hope that you will join us again. Thank you.